0: Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. Episode three today will be about 10 underrated films that we all totally believe deserved a sequel. Uh, Be it full transparency, in the process of making our list of 10, we found we had probably around 50 or more. So we are now (laughs) going to uh, do this in multiple stages. This will just be our first episode doing this. So I hope you all enjoy the show and uh, let's jump right into it. Here we are. Hey. hey Good everyone. On. So um for those of you who are somewhat new to the channel um or just the TCN in general, um obviously I'm Taylor Murphy, I'm the founder host and everything in between. I got uh Michael Santel here to my my left. What is your direction are you?
1: Um, uh, whatever, it's the internet, who knows? I drink a lot of then, coffee and get roasted in the comments. That's who <laughs> I am on this
0: show. And then uh, below us, we got Jason, uh, who is our video game editor, and he's going to be the host of the Pixel Sense podcast when we are ready to launch that that bad boy. So we are, um, I think the only thing that hasn't happened yet is a trial run with the uh, all the assets, but we have them all ready. We just need to sit down and do it.
2: <laughs> yes, we have to find the moment to get it rocking and rolling.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who are watching us and joining us live, you can clearly see that Jason's only getting his moment because he had to go away from his home in a car. So that is how today is going. Uh,
1: Jason, I thought you were also going to do your food blog for us live. Can you eat something right now? If you're in your car, I expect you to be eating something.
2: Oh, no, I already finished. I had two breakfast jacks and a hash brown. so...
1: See, that's content, my friend. You're wasting good content.
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... um. To what we're here for. Uh, so today, uh, like I said, Michael, we had this. Uh, we had this idea of kind of just like talking about movies that we hundred percent love, like our guilty pleasure movies, the ones that we were like, "Why didn't we get a sequel?" And a lot of these turned into like cult favorite movies. They kind of bombed in the box office for whatever reason. Maybe they were ahead of their time. Maybe just it was just a weird time for the for theaters. But we, um, yeah, uh, our, yeah, and
1: unfortunately, audience our biases are gonna show as we put these movies <laughs> in chronological order I'm just like looking at a timeline of my childhood so yeah uh, I'm excited as we bring this idea what we mean by sequels is a continuation of the of that universe and the things that, that specific get set story up. yeah yeah the specific things that were set up there as a jumping off point for more stuff now, some of these movies are probably 20 or 30 years old at this point. So maybe we have to have new casts. Maybe The oldest ha- is
0: 35. Okay, so yes. great,
1: great. All of that is par for the course. But these are worlds we feel should get another shot in them.
0: Yeah. And whether that means that this the movies that are the, on the older side get a full remake. Um, but to me, when I say a full remake, I mean a one-for-one remake just with today's technology. Like, um, certain movies were so good, the only limitation was... The special effects and the just the technology of the time. So we'll uh, that's kind of what it is. I mean, we're going to go into it and we'll explain why we love these movies and why they were kind of just what they were. And you know, without further ado, um, obviously uh, some of these movies are on the older side. They hundred percent will have spoilers because we're going to gush about these movies. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry ahead of time,
1: but yeah, there it- will be. If, if, if you spoilers have, yeah spoiler if you haven't seen the movie you're gonna have to skip ahead if this is if, if <clears> you're <throat> listening to this after the fact go to the next movie but if you're watching this live I don't know maybe you dip out because we're gonna have to talk about these films and yeah basically why we love them so unfortunately we're gonna have to talk about some big plot points
0: <laughs> yeah and that's uh that's what's gonna happen all right so without further ado let's jump right into our list. And we're getting comments like people are popping in as we're doing this. So, um, Michael, I'm going to let you uh, say see the comments and and all that. And I'll I'll pop into them and bring them up on screen uh, when we get them. Uh, yep, we got some good mornings, happy Saturdays, and uh, hello. hello. <laughs> so right off the bat, all right, first movie that I wanted to bring up, and we just you got you guys gave me a laugh about this right through this on the screen when we were running the prep, but I don't care. Masters of the Universe <laughs> from 1987. Uh, this movie was actually made by the Cannon Group and Warner Brothers Pictures back in the day. This was a movie that came out when I was born. Um, so I grew up with it. And I was a huge He-Man Master Universe fan as a kid. The cartoon was my jam. And this movie um, is its kind of an unsung it's a weird movie. It's. All, I think it was also was it Courtney Cox's first movie? Was that also a thing? I don't yeah. know.
1: She 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 was doing those music videos, and I think she did that. She was running yeah. around all yeah. over the place <clears throat> in the. Audience.
0: Anyways, um, Mass of the Universe was such a weird movie. Um, <laughs> I I picked it up on Blu-ray. Um, I found it somewhere. Um, where was it? Um, I found it on Blu-ray, and I I sat down with my son and watched it, and. Um. It's a weird movie. Um, from the get go, it starts off with like Eternia being like overrun by Skeletor and an army. Like it's not like the the original show where Skeletor's got like his ragtag group. He had like a legitimate Star Wars esque stormtrooper army and was like running <laughs> rampant and just capturing people out like everywhere. And I'm like, this movie is different. Okay, okay. Um, some of the designs for this movie were way ahead of their time. Skeletor's look in this movie by Franklin Gela, amazing. Mm. Um, and, um, as a part of the plot point, uh, there was this, uh, this little wizard guy who made this like temporal this universe distortion device that's saying this music. And it was like, na, 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 and like, it did this like laser light show thing. And it basically pulled characters into that world, into our world. So it was like this very much, um, He-Man and his group are now in the eighties. Right. Sure. And it was so weird, but I was watching it with my son and I'm just like, if they would have remade this movie today with today's technology, this movie would be a major banger. Like this was so <laughs> fun. Um, it was just such a weird time because all their, their ideas um, were further than their, their capability, sure. right? And I I loved it. I loved it so much. And then like the end of the movie, uh, the like the third act, right? So they part of the thing is the, the device gets broken. They get stuck in the 80s. They get stolen, all this stuff. Uh, they end up getting this guy... Who like this music major musician kind of guy who's able to synthesize the the musical tones that open up the portal on his keyboard and they wired his keyboard into the machine that they jerry-rigged like a bunch of like back Mm -hmm. to the future-esque style like erector set stuff and they ripped back into that universe and took like a city block with them. so there was like a car a fire hydrant and like a cop and some other people that got pulled into the world with them and the the final like while He-Man was gone essentially Skeletor had taken over Eternia and it was almost like this, like, uh, in Lord of the Rings, the uh, the Scourging of the Shire. Like, they get home and everything's on fire. And they're like, oh, no, it's so much worse than we thought. And um, yeah. He-Man gets captured and Skeletor gets the sword, the sword of power. And he actually becomes the Skele-God. Like, what we now know from the Kevin Smith, like, he has the power, he's taken the power. Skeletor had it and became a god. And it was, like, this really gnarly, like, golden armor and had this, like, crazy Sauron-looking headdress. With and,
2: and, stuff like that. and
0: he wasn't able to fully... I just pulled something off my, my earpiece. Anyways, um, he wasn't <laughs> able to fully grasp it. So he, man takes the sword, does the I-have-the-power thing, and then they have this, like, crazy battle against each other, and Skeletor dies, right? Like, he falls down the pits in the past Castle of Grayskull and just falls to his doom, and they're like, hey, we saved the world, let's send you home. And it was, like, happy-go-lucky... And then one of the first movies that I, I can think of that ever had a post-credit scene, there was a post-credit scene where you look, you go down the pit and there's just like this, all this water and Skeletor pops up saying, I'm coming back for you. And like, you knew that, like, okay, he's coming back. He's pissed. Let's do this. Sequel time. Never had a sequel.
1: No, no. I, I believe the company went belly up bankrupt yeah.
0: after that movie as well. I think yeah, no, that uh, was so the- Shannon Pictures, I believe, went belly up. Um, most of the sequel ideas that they had for this movie- got folded into the movie Cyborg, the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme,
2: <laughs> which is kind of yeah. weird.
0: But if you like watch that movie, you're like, okay, this could have been a He-Man movie, right? Like it's weird, but it worked. Um, and there was also like this pitch idea where, where He-Man ends up coming back to to like our world and everything and like disguises himself as a football player so he can like track down something. Like it's it they had so many off the wall ideas, but I would have loved just a straight He-Man versus Skeletor in Eternia And um, they set it up, and they just we never got it. He Man would murder a football team. If we saw a scene (laughs) of He Man running
1: into people, he'd be murdering all of those people. In
0: my mind, I think of that scene from uh, uh, Starship Troopers when they're doing football, and like Rico is like running and there's like a front (laughs) flip over the other players, and I'm like, how is that a thing? (laughs) Like, like that's just that's what I imagine with He Man doing it. Like, I'm trying not to hurt anybody, but let me just front flip sideways and do something absolutely insane. Now, did you, Taylor? Did you, when did you, did you only see this
1: movie with your kid not that long ago? Because when I was a kid. I
0: grew up with this movie.
1: Okay. (laughs) This was a Channel 9 or Channel 13, the worst of the local channels, FYI. Yeah, this was like. Or
0: something. When we were uh kids, right? This was
1: like a two o'clock on a Sunday and you kind of watched it (laughs) for years. I thought this movie was a fever dream. I didn't know this movie actually existed. I remembered the, the, the dwarf guy running around and having a high voice and doing stuff. I didn't know that was actually a movie. So to see it now get praised and to have a Blu-ray release where they, you know, make everything look good. I'm glad that the movie is out there in the world.
0: It was, but I was, I was watching it and I'm just like, it's one of those movies where you listen to the dialogue and you listen to the plot points and you're like, this could have been an amazing film if it had a better budget. Like, yeah, that's how it how it 100% felt. Like, the ideas were ahead of its time. And, it, and
1: also, it. it's crazy to think back in hindsight that whoever owned He-Man, Mattel, whichever one was the company that owned it, that they didn't put... 10 million dollars to make this commercial for your toy amazing they kind of let it die on the vine and i feel like it made he-man die you know he-man's now getting love but for a long time he-man was
0: kind of a joke yeah and like i honestly believe because every time they talked about let's make a he-man movie let's make a he-man movie i always felt like the best callback they could have done would have dolph lundgren who played he-man in this movie play king randor like that would have been like the dream casting for me like he-man's dad is the old he-man and he's still jacked because he's insane. Because Dolph Lundgren, everything I read about him as a person makes me love him even more. Like, he is the crazy bad guy from Rocky Four, But he also is like, has, like, four master's degrees and is, like, a yes. super scientist. And I'm like, this guy is punisher. a chemical engineer.
1: Yeah, he's the punisher. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. and like, But he is also, like, it was funny because, like, there was there's a meme that you can Google, like, uh, Dolph Lundgren versus uh, Bill Nye the science guy. And they're like, Bill Nye is a, just a, a, like an engineer or whatever, just like a mechanical engineer. And then Dolph Lundgren is like, boom, boom, boom. But like all his degrees and I'm like, he is stacked. He's amazing. Not only is he like six foot five and like 500 pounds of pure muscle, he's got a brain to match that. Like it's insane.
1: Uh, Taylor, we'll we'll do our best to see if Dolph Lundgren yeah. will get on the internet with us. Let's. Do, I hope uh, so.
0: He is he is insane. Any like, parting thoughts so cool.
1: on He Man and the Masters of the Universe? Yeah,
0: let's let's migrate to the next one. Um, <laughs> I I would have wanted a sequel uh, again for anyone who wants to watch it. Um, you can find it somewhere. I'm not sure where it's on what streaming service is on now, but even if you get like weirded out by the whole premise, uh, Franklin Gilla a the makeup just alone the the design throw it up again. So good. He was so good as Skeletor mm-hmm. and just those two characters in general, they were so fantastic together. Like they had such a cool <clears> dynamic <throat> between the two of them. Some of the B characters, some of like, like Tila man at arms, not so much. These two, <laughs> however, were amazing.
1: They're the a talent. They're, they're the a talent for a reason. They, they, yeah. they carry And I think there was in. even an
0: interview with Franklin Geller recently, where he said that that was the hundred percent, the biggest, uh, Like his favorite movie, because it gave him the most freedom. Like he was allowed to be who he wanted to be from the start. And he will always quote Master of the Universe as his like favorite acting role, which to me is insane because he's done some great work.
1: He's done great work, but very rarely do you, are you ever given the chance as a performer to just do whatever you want, go to town. And you know, what's (laughs) funny is I bet his over the top acting actually reads through the makeup. You can actually Mm -hmm. see that this guy is emoting and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, a side point I was watching the actor who played uh Davy Jones in um Pirates he yeah. they were sh- they were showing behind the scenes stuff about him doing crazy over the top stuff. just look at just like a madman but when you put a pound of CG over him, it works it sells yeah. that character it makes him feel alive so maybe there's something to be said there about those over the yeah. top performances
0: all right so on to our next movie this was one that you brought to the table because i totally forgot about it but i also loved it so much as a kid too and i think we we watched it at your house on vhs a few times with your dad because he loved it too we, we had it
1: uh-huh we had it on a vhs we had recorded it off the disney channel in 1992 we didn't have the first five minutes of the movie so i only recently <laughs> saw that
0: uh I remember that too because I remember like when I was looking at this movie on the list. I'm like, how did the movie start? Because I just remember like jumping right into a car chase. I'm like, yep. is there like something before that? <laughs> he follows. There he follows He follows that uh, big goon-looking dude
1: from Sin City to the house where he's eating the chicken, and then he beats him up.
0: Right. So for those who are unaware, Dick Tracy <clears throat> is an old serial cartoon, uh, old serial comic strip, and the Dick Tracy movie. I like to compare this movie to kind of like what they did with um not so much like Sin City but kind of like Speed Racer to me, right? Yes. Where yes. the project is so weird and so over the top that they did like a one to one adaptation. And mind you, it was weird and over the top. Um well,
1: well, there's a great there's a great video guy online that does a great deep dive into this movie, but here's some of the highlights. Warren Beatty took all of his might in Hollywood and brought all of these amazing people, cinematographer, lighting, all of this great stuff into this movie. And for whatever reason, that magic just doesn't translate well to this. Is it a kid's movie? Is it who's the movie for? There (laughs) is a kid character in it, but then Madonna You guys, Madonna is so sexy. She's walking around in see through outfits. And as a kid, you're like, is this for me? It is for you because Madonna's in it. I feel (laughs) uh, I want this movie to be released from the constraints that it is under. Now, Taylor, do you know who has the rights to Dick Tracy?
0: No. And that's the problem. (laughs) I'm going to let you know know right now. The movie was made. Without them having the rights, from my understanding. That's why it got, like, blacklisted, is that they made this movie. Warren Betty made this movie uh, with some, like, handshake permission or something. I'm not sure that, mm-hmm. the, the whole story behind it. But the moment it came out, there was this giant legal battle of who actually owned it. And yep. they've never been able to make a sequel since because Disney made it. Bruna Vista Pictures made it. But, like, the, the people who own the character. I'm going to throw this on the screen. This is how the cast looked
2: right
1: how crazy that is look at those makeup look at those characters uh uh, listen al pacino does a very classic al pacino in that movie he's going around going tracy tracy he's doing all of the stuff you want al pacino to do we there are so many great actors and so many great mob actors let's get these guys in some fun makeup and see what they can do with it so from my understanding Warren Beatty was able to get the rights, enough so, but those rights were going to go away. So about a decade ago, he filmed a 30-minute special with Leonard Maltin that only showed once on Turner Classic Movies where Dick Tracy sat down with Leonard Maltin and just had a conversation. That was able to secure him to continue having the rights to Dick Tracy. So... Warren Beatty, I know you want to come back as an old man, Dick Tracy. It's not going to happen. Please I just wanted to let, though. <laughs> let the character go. Let us reimagine it. Let us continue on. I think we need a new cast. I think we need new people to play those characters. But like you said, there was so much stuff. This is like a colorful Sin City. And I think in the past, they didn't know... I, I feel like they were afraid to bring that to an audience, and I feel like now it's like no, the, the we've been set for a long time with noir, with detective stories, and to have like a fun detective, like really give Dick Tracy something. You know, he's the world's greatest detective. That's what they say. I would love to see that city and that world be flushed out
0: and just pick like,
1: off where the last one left off.
0: Yeah, you could pick. You could reboot it. You could redo it. Hundred percent. And. I mean, a lot of people will probably compare it to Sin City or The Spirit, which is like over the top. But that's kind of what the source material was at the time. It was a, it was a pulpy cinema reel. Kind of a, this was the character. He had his, his cell phone watch, which we now I also have, and I even make that reference to you. Um, I think last time you called me, I answered on my watch. I'm like, "Hey, I'm talking to you on my wrist, like I'm Dick Tracy," and I, that's how we started the conversation because it was so ingrained in our childhoods. But Dick Tracy was
1: like wasn't. He was almost a superhero. He was a detective superhero, kind of, right? He wasn't a superhero, but he kind Mm -hmm. of was. Um, Also, you know, you compared it to those other films. I think it's different enough. Sin City is the other half of the coin. But this movie is way more watchable than The Spirit. And when you watch a movie like The Spirit, you can see how many things they took from this movie directly, even though this is kind of a forgotten gem. So I would like to see Dick Tracy back in the world again.
0: Me too. I think it's time. It's, it's like 30 years overdue. <laughs> so We don't
1: have to do the songs anymore. We can remove all of that stuff. I just feel like I want to see, you know what? Here's the start. I'll even pitch it to you. Dick Tracy gets set up, he goes into jail, and we see Dick Tracy become, like, the the kingpin of a jail. He's got to fight, fight his way out of there or something like that. Maybe that's the first act, but, like, <laughs> that world is so fun. I would love to give some great character actors some makeup and see what
0: they can do with that stuff.
2: A Dick Tracy yeah. Hulu series would be pretty cool.
0: That'd be fun. Uh, I like this comment right here. As a kid, my dad found Dick Tracy and Burton's Batman equally as cartoony as each other and thought they were in the same world. That actually <laughs> – the way I think about it, like they did have similar vibes with their set. Just one was obviously way more colorful than the other. <laughs> but they, you could have rationaled that they were in the same world just decades apart. And I can I also, believe that.
1: Yeah, and I also wonder if we're just also talking about old Hollywood. The fact that, yeah. you know, you 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 walk around, you know, you see those behind-the-scenes scenes sections of like batman returns and it's like oh they built all of that gotham that was a full set with those fake statues and stuff like that that they could go walk around on and now all that stuff would be cg so i wonder if that cartoony is because also it was painted by somebody yeah and that's all actually right. how my
0: family got in the business i'm pretty sure one of my family members worked on this film because they were set painters for warner brothers no no not this one uh the other one that was by warner brothers they probably worked on he-man to be honest <laughs> so
1: <laughs> all, right, all right taylor continue the movie. timeline of our childhood
0: next one uh you brought to the table but i also had it on my list i'm like oh my god with twinsies because this was something that we both 100 loved the rocketeer by disney now this movie 100 felt like it was like on the cusp of being an indiana jones movie with a dude in a jetpack like it was just yeah. everything that you wanted bad guys were nazis hollywood conspiracies uh Howard Hughes was a character. Like it was a hundred like hundred percent like a 1920s pulpy like exaggeration of the of the past. And I loved it as a kid.
1: Um it, it, everything you just touched upon, it was a little Indiana Jones, it was a little James Bondy, it was a little bit out there. And in fact, I like the aesthetics of the movie. I like the painted backgrounds. In fact, if they were to do another Rocketeer, I would love them to do it in the style with the miniatures, with uh, yeah. the painted backgrounds and stuff like that. All of that stuff was great. I just want more of it. I want <laughs> to see somebody break it. I want to see it put the thing, fly up into it under a, a, a hovering base or something like that. It's so much bigger than the world than what we got. We got such a little taste of it. I would love to see this exported out there and see what it looks like.
0: Right. And I don't know why it failed. I don't know what happened with it. And um, from my understanding, the budget was like $40 million and they made only about $45 million. Like they barely made their money back, which was such a bummer. Um, but the fact that you brought it up, like a little bit James Bond, James Bond was the freaking bad guy in this movie. Timothy right, Dalton right. <laughs> yeah, was course. such I'm an amazing gonna, yeah. villain because <laughs> he was like this suave actor. Then you're like, oh, wait, he's a Nazi. What the heck? And like it was such a cool movie. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why it failed. Like, I really don't because like I had such fond memories of this as a kid. I I, I don't know.
2: I think I <laughs> think the weekend it came out and was pretty popular. I think there was a lot of popular movies that came out during that weekend. Possibly.
0: And I think it just got
2: but, Yeah. Uh, but,
0: but can maybe... we also talk about how this movie, I'm pretty sure for you, Michael, it's same with me, started my lifelong like love affair of Jennifer Connelly. That's like a human thing. Like, that's the moment it. I saw her on that film, I'm like, I've got a crush for life. I like girls now. This is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I
1: was you, like... The, the whole timeline, because you grow up with her. You watch her in Labyrinth when you're a little kid. She's like, that's my
0: friend Sarah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, me and wow. Sarah are you know, dating.
1: We want yep. to date each other.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, I think it you, like, broke me a little bit. Like, when you were in high school, you showed me Requiem from a Dream. And I'm like, yeah. I can't handle my life anymore. Yeah. Because that just, like, that was too much for me. <laughs> like... Uh, it's An intense watch.
1: This movie also starts my love affair. As a little kid, I didn't know who Ed Arkin was, but now I—he was so good. He's then, you, then he's the guy in uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands. He's so funny. There's he's he's such a great lively part of this movie. I, yeah, maybe it was something in the water. Maybe it just wasn't what 1992 audi- or 1991 audiences were into. But uh, I love the pictures of it. I love the way that it looks. You know, it's not we don't get it into a war, that was the point of the movie. We kept it out of the hands of the bad guys, but I would love to see more adventuring with the rocket pack suit. We it's it was such a great yeah. idea.
0: And mind you, they, they, there's uh talks that there is going to be a spiritual sequel um with Cliff coming back, like the actual actor is Cliff coming back in set in this like 1940s or 1950s, kind of a like 30 years later kind of a thing. And he's giving like he's going to be the mentor now for the new the new person with the suit. Like, there's all these talks about it. I don't know if it's ever going to happen,
1: but Everything I wanted. You more... Just told me it's not the movie I want. I yeah, don't. It's not that, what I want. Don't none. None of that. The suit is existing. We now this needs to be like a Captain America movie. It needs to. It needs to feel. It needs to not be any of that.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I want it to be exactly what I want it to be, and that is. Rocketeer, an ace pilot, fighting Nazis.
2: Give me that movie again. (laughs) You guys are are feeling the the animated CG reboot that they have on Disney Junior? You mean that little kid one where the girl's in like a pink
0: Rocketeer outfit and she's flying (laughs) around saving the day? No, I don't want that.
2: Yeah, isn't that like Grandpa Cliff or something that gives her the the backpack or something? Nope, I don't want it. It's not real to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine with that but it doesn't make sense that the family would just have this thing. No, Howard Hughes took it away, and then he gives him an airplane. Michael,
2: so, you sound like you're getting lost in Tron.
1: <laughs> I guess, bro, bro. We haven't even got to that one yet. Shh. No spoilers It's on the list It's on the list.
0: All right. Yeah, go uh, I'll see. Um, Go to the next one, because this one I think is going to be a fun one, because you brought this to the, the table, and I was immediately like, yeah, this, this deserved even more demolition man 1993 by wb for those of you who have not seen demolition man it is a gem it is so weird there it became a cult favorite favorite as soon as like like within like years of it like people like oh it sucked in theaters but then like everyone's like but it was amazing let me tell you why it is so exaggerated
1: Did you really? What was the what was the vibe like in the room? I did. Did, were people excited for it? Were oh, was it too weird? This
2: movie was amazing in theaters, dude. Like I was mind blown as a kid seeing this. This was just like like next level, like rated R. I'm 12. I'm watching this. <laughs> this was just amazing. <laughs> it,
0: it's still weird. Um Everything about the movie I love. And, like, I loved the fact that it was, like, he was, like, a cop that just went too far. So they they imprisoned him and they froze him. And then a bad guy who was equally crazy, um, this, like, utopian society. And this bad guy was, like, let's bring back the worst serial killer of our time. And let's jack his brain full of new, t- new skills and technology. And, like, let's just make him even more insane. And the movie is just ridiculous. It's so good. So over the top. Wesley Snipes, one of his best movies. And I will fight people. Like, I know. Like, people, like, put Blade as his number one. I will put Demolition Man as his number one because this movie is
2: amazing. (laughs)
1: He's He steals the show. If you want to know why he's a star, you know, he gives great performances, but, like, he's up against Sylvester Stallone, who also gives a really good performance. Does a great Stallone. This is one of the classic, like, Stallone being the guy. You know what I mean? Um, And a way more fun way than Mm -hmm. Arnold. Because Arnold could not have done this movie. This is a Stallone movie. And uh, also... Um, uh, uh, Sandra Bullock just classic 90s Sandra Bullock it's she's right before speed and she takes off but um it's such a great idea for a world and you know what's funny is some of the the movie makes some wild accusations about the future it gets a lot yeah. of things wrong but like you know in the world we live in today where <laughs> mega corporations eat each other up I could absolutely see Taco Bell being the one that survives at the very end. you know what I mean? Like this very silly joke of the movie. And today it's like, Oh, well it's a Taco Bell pizza hut KFC. Yeah. Isn't that bit You know what I mean? Throw a McDonald's in there. They win. So yeah. I would love to see, you know, the society was in balance. They got to bring, I mean, spoiler territory. They got to bring the sewer people. They got to bring Dennis Leary up from the underground. Dennis Leary would come back in a heartbeat, make him the new mayor of the city. And they're like, we got to unfreeze another person. Um, The uploading of skills while you're frozen feels very matrixy. I mean, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, uh, what is his name? It, it's not Sid Vicious. Oh, that's another movie for another list. Put it on uh, the list. Put it on uh, the list. No, uh, that's, uh, I'll put it for the – I just have to write it down while I remember it. We're not talking virtuosity. But uh, this movie has all of those great things, <laughs> and uh, it's a fun world. I don't even know what you would do to bring it back or what that idea would be. But the idea that you're freezing and unfreezing criminals is a really fun idea, and I would love to see them play with that idea some more
0: yeah 100 percent. and i i just gotta like again remind like one of my favorite running jokes from the internet and jason will know this. a lot of video games throw this joke in there is the three seashells and nobody knows what they do or how they work (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh they're the seashell, and he's like what is this i don't understand this and i'm like (laughs) even now i'm like i don't know i don't get it either but it's provocative and i need to know (laughs) so anyways um next movie on the list um now we're getting to the territory where people start recognizing these even more. It's not like their childhood. This is more like for us, it was like middle school.
1: Spawn. Yeah, and I just want to say that I know that I know that you know every couple of years they talk about this and maybe it's gonna come back, or maybe it won't, and all the different problems. Spawn's gotta come back. Spawn was one of the guys who did it first. This movie tried to do as much as it could with the limitations of 1997. Uh, I know that we go back and laugh at it today and that's okay. I think they didn't know what tone they wanted, but Mm Spawn is such a great character that you can plug into any time period. If we want to see Spawn with a sword arm in, uh, in dark, uh, in middle age times. Great. Like, Tone, you can really do so much with this character. I just feel like spawn has been forgotten to time and should be front and center. You you like a Spider-Man guy? Guess yeah. what? Spawn can do that, no problem. You like a you like a magic cape from uh Doctor Strange? I got a demon cape for you that is amazing. So, like that can be I, the
0: size of a skyscraper because that's what the visuals require.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. the visuals are so anime, and I feel like. You know, now that movies like ba- uh, uh, Battle Angel have come out, you know what I mean, and other sort of animation animated ideas have been brought. I just feel like we got to see Spawn in a bigger glory. I feel like they made Spawn a GI Joe character in that movie. He's got a gun, he does some stuff. We need to spawn with chains, <laughs> just grabbing people and being a demonic horror. And I think it's, you know, it, it is time for Spawn to return.
0: Yeah. But so I watched this. My son um, went down this rabbit hole where he's like, "I want to watch all these old comic movies that you grew up with." And I'm like, "All right, let's do this." He put Spawn on the other day. There were definitely some weird, laughable things about this movie. Yeah, like I love this movie, but the fact that there was this like super secret uh, government mercenary group that's like very public and super rich, I was like, "This is weird." (laughs) Okay, I'm not sure what they're trying to like. Okay, let's go with this. They're they're holding a gala where everyone is like a ten million dollar buy-in. Now this is weird. And there's bad guys and good guys and no one's stopping each other like it was such a weirdly exaggeration of like 90s politics <laughs> but i was just like i'm okay with this this movie's r- ridiculous um definitely cgi was not up to par um the final battle between uh spawn and malbolgia in hell was super weird <laughs> but yeah um 100 uh, just like just like uh he-man like these special effects did not match with their their ambition they could 100% be remade with the exact same script and it would be amazing.
1: And 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 I want people to, and, and that's part of also one of the reasons why is I feel like people like, oh, well, that's what Spawn is. Spawn's not good. It's like, no, no. Spawn is books and books of content. This is just what they tried to distill it down to. Yeah. And McFarland hates the studios and has been, you know what I mean? Has not wanted to do anything. Um,
0: I know that he's been trying to make a reboot. He got Jamie Foxx involved to play uh to play him and everything was like cool and then just it's been stuck in development hell Uh,
1: i remember the first time i saw the um hbo spawn was when we were in utah in high school taylor at your cousin's house that was the first time i saw that and there was so much darkness to that world that i was like man you can go any different direction with this character but it's time for him to be brought back to the silver screens
0: yeah i remember i remember that because we were we were in someone one of my family members basements and you like it, his cousin like brought my, cu- my uncle, his friend gave us all the DVDs and you were like, I'm just going to sit down and watch these. And I'm like upstairs with my family eating breakfast and you're downstairs like wrapped up in a blanket. Like this is so dark.
1: I watched <laughs> like, Spawn. I watched Dr. Strangelove. There was just this pile of movies that we did not yeah. have access to. And I was like, I got to watch these while I have access to
0: them. Yeah. Cause like, my my uncle's friend was like super rich and like his movie collection was more than the blockbuster had. And like you were like, Oh my God. And you just grabbed things. We um, were in the
1: middle of Utah. It was a very nice basement. For everyone who's thinking it was a dingy basement, it was a very nice basement. No,
0: no, no. So um to put it in perspective, when my grandparents sold this house, they sold it for one point five million. It was a yeah. nice house. Yeah, it was a really okay? nice house. So it was not a it was not a dingy little like rickety basement. Like we he hung out in this like 20 foot by 30 foot movie theater they built down there. Like you're just hanging out watching it on the big screen. Like it was fun. <laughs> and all the Taco Bell I wanted and all the Spawn cartoons I could watch. Yep. Anyways, all right. So next movie. Now we're going to jump literally a decade. Hellboy. Specifically, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, 100% needed a sequel. For whatever crazy reason, we never got Hellboy 3. And uh, apparently, like- Ron Pillman and Guillermo del Toro still want to make it but the studio decided to reboot it and that failed but i want hellboy 3 i want it to have happened already because they even teased us with what the story was about and then it went nowhere for like another 10 years
1: <laughs> yeah and i'm and it and i and i feel bad that i don't have anything nice to say about that hellboy we got a couple years ago it's <laughs> really all over the place and hot garbage <laughs> And it was so sad. And I was like, there's some like great Hellboy stuff in that movie, but overall it's just awful. And Guillermo del Toro is one of the most direct, one of the uh, most talented directors of his generation. Please let him finish off this story. Please let Ron Perlman do something. You know, I, I feel like this is another movie that has been constrained by budget and time. And I just feel like, let them let them put this. Let them put their trilogy to rest because uh, they did some really great stuff in there, and a yeah. lot of comic book movies have been copying a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah, and from what we understand about the third movie, was that they were supposed to the whole plot was supposed to revolve around the twins. One was supposed to be basically like an angel. One was supposed to be like a demon, like the Antichrist and like the Savior kind of a thing. Like the twins were going to be a center point of the thing. Um, Rasputin from the first movie was going to come back mm. and. It was going to mix, like, the religious stuff of the first movie and the magical weird stuff of the second movie into this capping send-off for the trilogy. We never got it.
1: <laughs> and the sad it's... part about it was it's it, it's not like Guillermo del Toro then went and, you know, uh, shit the bed. No, he went on and made a bunch of really amazing films. He went and made Pan's Labyrinth. He went and made... Uh, the movie from this year, which I've been telling everybody watch, the uh Yeah, uh,
0: the, I know I'll the, watch it later. The, really Carney about it. the Carney movie. The Carney movie. It's so
1: good. The devil's backbone. Um, uh the,
0: yeah, and he made um, was it was it Crimson Peak? Was that the one with Tom Hiddleston? That yeah. was I that movie, I watched that. I'm like, this is creepy, and I'm like genuinely creeped out about life right now. Like it was such a like the ghosts in that movie. Del uh, Toro just like creeped me out for a decade. Um,
1: Crimson Peak narratively doesn't resonate with me as much as the other movies, but even that movie, which I have things that I could pick apart, the visuals of that movie are next level. And in terms of a ghost movie, you know, there's not a lot of really great ghost movies out there. And that movie is got to be in the top 10. It does a really does some really great, scary stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to see it. I I want it to happen. It should have happened already. Um, Ron Fulman's getting older and the more they wait, the less likely it'll happen.
2: He's getting a lot older
1: yeah yeah but, he now plays old man gangsters in movies he was the old man gangster in drive like we only got so many years with him whatever yeah. hellboy's got to do hellboy's going to be in retirement you know what i mean and then we're just seeing a lot of cg hellboy which is what the last movie was so it was like why not bring ron perlman back
0: like then? and i'll say it, like i for the last movie for the reboot uh david arbor as hellboy he was fantastic in the role i'll say that. Um, my biggest gripe with the movie was I didn't know what decade it took place in because yeah. the, the, this passage of time that they showed in that movie made zero sense. Sure. Um, um, I loved uh, the fact that they, with the comic book accurate backstory for him, with like the the son of the devil and the mother was a human and he's like the descendant of King Arthur. Like, that's actually from the comics and that was what I was missing from the original movies. Um, aside from that, everything else was just like a poop fest. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, very poorly written
0: um they had some some great moments just like it was like some couple diamonds throughout that movie just with shit all around them it It, was so frustrating
2: this has
1: happened a couple of times now and uh it just happened when i watched the new uncharted movie of (laughs) this is the script you turned in just copy what the other guy did before you just literally copy the thing that everybody likes go read it and then bring it to us um it was the same yeah, thing. Don't here.
0: reinvent the wheel. The wheel's fine.
1: Right. You have books and books of the original creator who came up with these concepts. Just go and spiritually go and get that stuff. It, it really, it makes me so sad when that due diligence can't be and they're Like, Oh no, there's a wolf guy. Okay. Hold on. We could do it like this. And it's like, man, that doesn't feel like the tone at all of what people love about Hellboy.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, before we get sad anymore, let's go to another movie. <laughs> yeah, and I brought this to my. You and I had arguments about this movie when we first saw it. When
1: I think when this it came is all, yeah, I think so. What movie is
2: this?
0: Tron Legacy. Oh,
2: yeah. All right.
0: Um, obviously, I'm sporting my Flynn Lives T-shirt. Um, I love, I love the original Tron, and I know you did too because we watched the crap out of it when we were kids. And you were always, as a kid, like, "Why didn't they make another one? Where's the next one?" And and then when they finally gave us Tron Legacy, you nitpicked the crap out of it. I drank the haterade. I had a lot of problems with it. Every
1: scene was not something I've wanted to. I have revisited it since then, and if you get into the world of it,
0: it's really fun. Uh, yeah. I,
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 give your movie love. Give your movie love.
0: So I loved it. Uh, Daft Punk soundtrack was gorgeous. The the, mm-hmm. the the weirdness of this new version of the grid. I loved. Um, I loved that the plot points of the the ISOs, the, the the AI that sprung out of this world, and.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Jeff Bridges' whole zen look at the universe because he like packed all of his Buddhist philosophy into this movie. and I, I loved it. I thought it was way ahead of its time and people who watch it now can just it's one of those movies that I, I don't know why Disney hasn't given me a 4K transfer of this thing. Uh, I want it in 4K and I want to watch it again on the biggest
2: screen humanly possible because yeah. it was so cool. Yeah, I think the relationship with the son, you know, and his angst carrying throughout the film, wanting to find out about his father, that was a very relatable, um, not not necessarily to me, perf- per, uh, preferably, but, you know, like, that's such a relatable story that, you know, it, it really carries through the movie. Um, and then when you meet Flynn... Uh, and uh, later on in the movie, and he's all old and withered, and you know, you really do feel sad for him because you know, he kind of got stuck in his own creation. And and you know, when when his best creation was living right in front of him, being a father myself, you know, um, it's very touching. Uh, it it does make me quite emotional, (laughs) yeah. And I think maybe the special
0: effects of the time just weren't the best because, like, obviously, one of the main characters of the movie was Clue, which was a digital copy of mm-hmm. Flynn and meant to be de-aged 30 years. And obviously, like, if you want to Google something amazing, just Google Tron Legacy deepfake. And this guy just deepfaked uh, all the clue scenes with minimal effort. And it's like photo real. It's perfect. I'm like, I, I want them to 4K remaster Tron Legacy and give us the deepfake guy to, like, clean up the clue scenes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they set up a sequel. Um, they even in the the special effects and the, uh, the the special the special features of the blu-ray they they touch base on this tiny easter egg not like the very outspoken easter egg at the very beginning of the film with edward dillinger jr being a character on the board of ncom and then at the the end of the movie they they could have put the scene as like an end credit scene but they they didn't and it probably would have sparked up more desire but they had this sequence where dillinger mm-hmm. is like chatting with his dad, essentially like in in an IM session. And his dad is like, all right, our next phase of our plan is going to come out and they will not know what's coming. And then like the MCP gets name dropped and you're like, he's bringing back the MCP. And then like, they just didn't do it.
1: Okay. I'm listening to both. I'm listening to things that you say. I do like the choices in the movie. I think that I didn't like that. This film, uh, relied on conventions of other filmmakers before it, that you have this great world. And I wanted more Tron. I wanted more of this world's rules where in the third act, when he's the gunner on a ship, it's like, well, that's how all of my childhood movies end. Luke and Han Solo go into the thing. And then they start shooting. I just felt like you have this great digital world. I would love to see them use content and things like that that are true in our digital worlds and see that be brought into that reality um maybe i i definitely you know it's funny as i forgot about the whole uh young jeff bridges in that movie i forgot all about that and you're right they were trying to do something but even now it's real hit or miss and Disney is the only one really pushing this deep fake technology in their multi-million dollar movies. So, you know, every year yeah. it gets a little bit better. Uh, I think Tron is a great world that they haven't they they there is still so much to be had there. And I think that whether we finish this the Flynn trilogy or whether we take those ideas and see other people that are living inside that universe, I'm just ready to hop back into it. Um, Daft Punk is not going to come back, but you have a plethora of EDM artists that could give you a banger of a soundtrack. So Mm -hmm. I, I, while I have individual issues, I would love for the Tron universe to be alive. I mean, the last Tron thing we got was that ride that I haven't been on. There's a Tron ride; it's supposed to be very good. Well,
0: it's because it's in like China, but they I have one in Florida now. They have yeah.
1: one in Florida, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's good but, enough.
0: For um, us. So we know that they're trying to make another Tron movie, but it's sort of a side sequel where it's like mm, going to continue the world, Lito. but it's separate. Uh, Jared Leto is going to be playing a program by the name of Ares, and oh, I, don't know, so um,
1: sad. I don't know. I don't watch Jared Leto anymore.
0: Like to me, Leto is he's good in some roles, right? He's very, very much a roller coaster of an actor where he has like, he's not quite Nick Cage yet, but he's on his way to becoming the Nick Cage of this generation where like, he'll make a glorious movie and then a crap movie and then he'll just jump back and forth. Like Nick Cage is only as good as
1: his director and maybe Jared Leto is the same way. If that is the case, you gotta get a great director in there. You gotta give somebody that will give him notes because if not, he is just going to do whatever he wants to, and will ruin your movie. Listen, Blade Runner 2049, he's good in. Why? That's a great director. Morbius, not a good movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that director, but that movie was not good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Um, But uh, I I think uh, some of the comments and you brought up, uh, one of the biggest things about Legacy that was uh, a bit of a a bummer was um, obviously... The character of Tron was very, he was more a bad guy for most of the movie as like a a silent Rinsler. And then finally, when he became himself at the end of the movie and saved the day, you have this moment where he's falling into the ocean and resetting and rebooting and becoming Tron again. And then you never picked up that string. You never saw him. Like, it would have been cool if, like, the moment at the end of the movie where Clue shows up to attack them, Tron came back and started defending him. Like, that would have been a cool payoff. But. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, and we also just live in a world where we have avatar, you know, I, I don't want a one-to-one of like, you make a a Tron movie that feels like a Fortnite movie. That's not what I'm saying. But like those type of conventions in video games are now accepted. Let yeah. us see them. Why wasn't there a first person shooter sequence in those games? Why wasn't there a scene where they're flicking AI programs? Like there's all of these type of things that are conventions in video games that doesn't translate to other movies. And it's like Tron is a universe built for all of those things but we're feel constrained for some reason and i just want that whole world to get flushed out more
0: yeah yeah and i i want more of it um it should have happened and i don't want to wait 30 years for another one but it may happen yeah like that'll be the legacy of tron is that every 30 years we get a new tron movie like that's what's going to turn out to be and i don't want that
1: (laughs) sure sure
0: all right so let's jump into our next movie uh this movie that came out in 2012 which i personally loved But I think word of mouth destroyed the movie because most people didn't understand. Or maybe it was a marketing. Because I think maybe people didn't even know what the hell the movie was. John Carter. I feel like this movie suffered for awkward titling. If they would have just named it John Carter of Mars and named it after the book, or it said John Carter, semicolon, the princess of Mars, and kind of like told you what this movie was, it probably would have been better received. But... Yeah,
1: my my sister and her children, their big space family, they love this movie and have always and are always telling me, I did not, I don't even think I saw it. I will let you know. My issue with this movie is that it looks it was like one of five movies during that time where a blonde, beautiful man fights something in a deserty background. Uh, well, he's got
0: brown hair, so you've messed that up. <laughs>
1: okay, see? Even that, even that I didn't even look hard enough. But I feel like there was, like, like the Lone Ranger yeah. movie. Did they do the Lone Ranger movie?
0: Yeah, that was, like, their their fail right after this one. Another movie okay. that was also much better than people give it credit for, but it was, like, riddled in controversy because it was kind of racist.
1: Yeah, well, listen, the Old West, I mean, America's kind of racist, so anything yeah. that's happening to you, saying, sorry, like, the movie, everybody.
0: The movie was accurate but racism isn't nice in general. Yes, so people didn't like it.
1: That's very true. Um, I absolutely think that, you know, I do short form improv. And one of the things you have to do is tell your audience who, who we are and what they're about to see. And uh, I feel like John Carter just never conveyed what it was. Um, I think if people knew it was like an Avatar movie, because it's kind of an Avatar movie, right? A guy kind of, goes to yeah. some aliens and then learns how to live with the aliens and they save each other. None of that stuff was shown in the trailer. I, and so, I feel...
0: I think people, like, a lot of things, a lot of criticism that people had with this movie was that, like, oh, I've seen that in Star Wars. I've seen that in this movie. I've seen that in this movie. But Edgar Rice Burroughs made this movie like a hundred years ago. Right. He made the story. Like, hundred like this move the story is like the, the blueprint for everything else science fiction that we had in the last hundred years. And obviously, some mm-hmm. things like, like George Lucas said that uh, John Carter was a big inspiration for him. Like, um, Dune was it was inspired by this. But the whole story was so ahead of its time that um, when we finally got it, people said, it's too familiar. It doesn't work. But that's because that's the source material. That's what it was. Um, the story itself is about a, a, a soldier. I think he was probably part of the Civil War. Uh, he was like in Confederate and said, I'm done with this crap. I don't like your, your politics. He basically like went off on his own. His wife got killed. And he became like a drunk combatant kind of a guy. He just hates everything. And in the like the process of him trying to like get away from uh, COs that are after him, um, he gets sucked into, uh, he finds this cave, this treasure, and it throws his like soul into another body that it made for him on Mars. Like it copied him. So there's a body of his on Mars and a body of his on Earth, and his soul jumps mm-hmm. between the two, right? To very much like this avatar kind mm-hmm. of a aspect. But because the body right. of his on Earth was copied onto Mars, that body is now his like perfected Earth body in a different atmosphere. So it had this Superman effect to it where he's like running and jumping and super strong because his body is made for Earth and the the atmosphere is different, the gravity is different. And mm-hmm. this version of Mars is like there's war-torn kingdoms, the alien races, and it's got this kind of like this whole adventure side to it but then you kind of have this sneaking feeling that maybe the reason why mars is dead is because everything goes wrong in the next 10 years and you're like this is going to go very badly and then you had this like ancient alien gods system and they were like super technology but people think we're deities and had all of these cool aspects of these cool designs this cool lore and the movie just didn't work
1: superman on mars is everything you just told me sounds like a great movie. Uh, Super uh, human guy on Mars who realizes he has superhuman strength is great. That was not the movie that we were delivered. That is not, you know what I mean? Like, again, maybe something got lost in translation. Maybe they just do it again and really hit all of those things. And maybe, you know, maybe it's the book is too big for one movie. I mean, I feel like that's true of some of these other stories as well. Spawn is too big for one movie. Maybe these ideas are too big for one movie, but it's like, that sounds great. That sounds yeah. like a really fun sci-fi adventure. Maybe that's also how you'd need to tell people, hey, the original from 1905, you know, whenever this book was written from 1890, the original science fiction masterpiece, like let people know this was the blueprints for those things. Yes.
0: Yeah. And mind you, I think the movie conveyed mm-hmm. a lot of it well, and the cast was stacked. Uh, it had so many good actors in this movie. Um, I think people forget how amazing the casting was of this movie. Um, I mean, you had Taylor Kitsch, who played John Carter, um, but Willem Dafoe, um, Mark Strong, Bryan Cranston, like you had yeah. all these great actors in these supporting roles. And this movie was the world building movie. The sequel would have been what people wanted, but this was the world building movie. And maybe it just didn't hit people the right way. I don't know. But I remember seeing it with my wife, I loved it in theaters, but the theater was pretty empty, which think- was kind of a bummer.
1: I'm thinking about our list right now. I think Brian Cranston might be a secret sci fi god. He, 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 I was, about, there's a couple, he's going to show up on another one of our movies. And I feel like he makes any of these sci fi movies better. Any of these yep. like genre movies pretty much better.
0: All right. And- so now we've got just two more. We just ran through eight, we got two more, and then we're going to wrap up. This one is going to be a very obvious one for people Dread, Dread, from 2012. Dread. And as you can see, who made it? There's too many cooks in the kitchen. There, Lionsgate or Lions Entertainment, United International Pictures, DNA Films. The reason we probably never got a sequel is because there were too many production teams working on it, and no one could agree on a damn thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I say this is already a sequel. I don't know why this is on the list. This is- it's not a
0: sequel though. It's not this a sequel. The,
1: this is the next installment of the Judge Dredd series. I don't understand. This is the <laughs> remake of a Stallone movie. I feel like I thought like I thought this. Yeah, was you asked
0: be- me like, isn't this a sequel? I'm like, no. No, if anything, it's a prequel. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh Carl Urban's decision to play Dread without showing his face once was a cool thing for me. Cause like in the comics, you never see the judge's face. Like his he was always like you only saw like that. It was like if a Batman comic never showed Bat- never showed Bruce Wayne, it was just that the whole time. And that's what we got. Mm-hmm. And they did such a cool job with making this as the most grounded as humanly possible and not like the stallone movie there wasn't any flying cars there wasn't any flying motorcycles it was like it felt like a dirty grungy mega city and yeah it still had references to the mutants it still had references to the psychic powers and there was a little easter eggs here and there with like the crazy drugs and like the the cloning and there was comic book references out out the butt throughout this whole movie um and they've been working on a sequel for better part of a decade now but the fact that so many production teams were in in the in bed with this this movie is why we we're never going to get a sequel. Just mm. too many people were involved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No one's going to agree because it's it was a miracle that this one was made to begin with.
1: I like so. all of the you know. I feel it's funny that you know everything that you just said. I don't know if this would have been the moniker, but in twenty twenty two. Yes, I would like another cyberpunk movie. <clears throat> I would like Judge Dredd to go bashing all of those people's heads again. I feel like, again, it's a really great world that has all these great stuff. This movie was very clearly influenced by The Raid.
0: It, uh, and the, what, It basically it, was The Raid. What are we kidding? It, it was The uh, Raid with Carl Urban as the main character.
1: So I don't know what other action movie tropes they want to reinterpret in a cyberpunk world. But... You know, they did they did some really great stuff with this movie, and uh, I think that if that team has that passion, I think they should be allowed to do something else with it. And I will no. disagree with Taylor. I want more mutants. I want more dudes with... Uh, no, I didn't say I didn't want them. I, I want all I want all that cyberpunk stuff.
0: I think, like, they did a good job of making part one as grounded as humanly possible. Get weird with part two. Give us the weird stuff. For sure. Um, and I know that they even talked about how they mm-hmm. wanted to follow some of the... Uh, the other uh, storylines, like the Justice storyline, or even bringing Judge Death involved, and like get the weird stuff from the comics out there. Like I, w- I want all of that. Um, but mind you, at the same time, we can we can argue that the first Judge Dredd movie was fantastically written, terribly directed and executed. It was very much like like He Man and the other movies that we brought up. That it was way ahead of its time, and it was a product of the time it was in, but. You take that script and make it today, it'd be fantastic.
1: Is Rob Schneider the funny guy in that movie too? That was the only one he's the funny guy in. No, he's he the was... funny, he's the funny guy in Demolition Man. Oh, he is? is he is Taylor. He's like the funny guy in like four movies in that time period. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's the he's the funny guy. Oh, Taylor. You know what movie needs? Movie, yeah. Yo, yo, yo. I apologize. <laughs> I just thought about this movie now. You know what movie needs a sequel? Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas was a great... That movie was... Uh, There's a bunch of... Put it on the
0: list. One- we'll talk about it next okay, time.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> That's a fun one. I want that to get trending again because that movie's ridiculous.
1: We go back to Porto-san. They're getting the attacked. <laughs> Potu-san. thank you. We go back to Patu san You that know that... A-
0: that was a joke that the whole movie, when they're like, patu like, Porto-san, like, the toilet? And he's like, the, no, Patu-san. That buff boy
1: is still <laughs>
0: doing, he's still a stuntman guy,
1: right? The main kid?
2: Eddie Reyes? Yeah.
0: Kino from Ninja
2: Turtles?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay, great, Yeah.
2: Thank you. He teaches MMA. He trains MMA UFC fighters.
1: Oh great! Well, guess what? His He's even son more is now, now, now the than new. He ever was. He, yeah, his new son is now going to be the king of the island. He's got to go kick some butt. Let's make that movie.
2: I actually, I actually believe his daughter is in that Robert Rodriguez Netflix movie that just came out recently. That something we can be heroes. I think that's the way it was called.
1: The fact that he has
2: a daughter that knows how to kick
1: butt is even better. His daughter, the princess, she (laughs) now gets the powers and she's got to take over the island. And that movie is also kind of like a James (laughs) Bond, not a James Bond, an Indiana Jones. They go to find all the ancient stuff. She's got to go to a cave. She's got to do a ritual. Give me some kid kung fu. Yeah, Rob
0: Schneider was in that.
1: He was. He's got the great line. He's got his his best bit of the movie is the, the knives monologue. They go to the store. They don't have any knives. Do you have any knives? No, we don't have any knives to fight these bad guys. We have everything you want except for knives. That's the best of his jokes in the movie.
0: I remember the kid with the game gear that could like make things happen. Like yeah, that was yeah. that movie, I don't know. And it's got the
1: it's got the vo- the one voice actor guy is the police officer. I don't know his name. He was the rapper guy. He also was in Fern Gully. He was also in Mulan. I forget his name, but he's got that he's got that deep voice guy. Do the wow thing. That guy's in that movie. He's great in that movie too. I'm on low. Yeah, there he is.
0: can like, we just like appreciate <laughs> Leslie Nielsen being Leslie Nielsen in that movie? Like
1: great. So great.
0: Good. Anyways, we side sidetracked pretty hardcore on that one yeah what Um,
1: movie were we talking about dread oh yeah dread
0: (laughs) dread to Surf ninjas that's how we went
1: it's a great universe (laughs) uh passionate people
0: want to do it they should be allowed to do it all right all right our final movie and this is one that i personally loved and i know you're going to argue with me about it but i don't care power rangers 2017 Power Rangers, uh, another Brian Cranston movie. Brian Cranston as Zordon was the most inspired casting of all time. Uh, they gave us a rich backstory. They did some um, some fantastic design work with Weta for like just the weirdness of the Power Rangers. Um, my issue I think with the, the movie was that the director didn't get his, his story put in. So like you lost like a half an hour of actual plot details. Um, and the fact when they finally became the Power Rangers, it was like in the last twenty minutes of the two-hour movie, like because it was all build up toward that, but they set up a sequel with uh, hints at uh, Lord Zed. and um, and Tommy the Green Ranger. Like we could have had the better sequel that would have appeased everybody, but it just didn't resonate with people. It was it was one of those movies I think it didn't know who his audience was because it was clearly giving us a reboot of the original show. And it was showing us a lot of this teenage angst, a lot of this uh, like modern day teenager issues, but the modern day teenagers that connect with those issues never saw the original show. And the fans of the original show don't give a crap about those issues because they're now in their thirties. So it was like the balance was weird, but every cast member on that show now is doing other great things. Uh, Becky G, who's the Yellow Ranger, she is, like, she blew up as a, like, a Latina pop star. Um Ray Montgomery, who was, like, Jason, uh is, like, the bad guy in Stranger Things for, like, the last two seasons. <laughs> and, like, um, let's see. Uh Ludi Lin, uh, Luke King Mortal, Mortal Kombat, and he was also, like, one of the bad guys in, uh, Aquaman. And then you had, uh, mm-hmm. What's the girl, the pink ranger? What was her name? I, I'm not Googling it. So, um, she played Jasmine in the she Aladdin. Did movies. Aladdin,
1: Yeah. Um, I remember not liking that movie and, and, and picking it apart as well, but yeah. funny enough on another podcast, I was pitching. What if they did a, a, a planet tier? What if they did a captain planet movie Yeah. and halfway through giving that pitch, I basically just casted that. I was like, oh, we'll get uh, that funny blonde lady from Pitch Perfect. She'll be the woman. I was like, oh, I'm just talking about Power Rangers 2017.
0: Yeah, you I... literally fan-casted Power Rangers 17 into a Captain Planet movie.
1: A hundred percent I did. And when I thought about it like that, you know what? I I, I like – there was a lot of things they did. I like that the Power Rangers are back. They went more alien, which, which is fine. I – think that people forget what's cool about power rangers it is the suits it is the action sequences it is the fighting robots listen i say we run away from all of that and just go straight to power rangers neo there is a galactic earth gets invaded by aliens they are given suits with these symbols on it and then we see them go on a 90 minute mission of. fighting dudes and making tough choices and pulling laser guns. I think we get away from AC teenagers as fast as possible and figure out a way to keep these things that we are nostalgic for, but like completely redesign Lord Zed, like, let's get, let's do something else with these properties and let's just get to the fun and the meat and potatoes of these people being the characters Because you're right, they didn't know who their audience was. The movie starts with a bestiality joke within like two minutes of the movie and you're like, oh, I guess this is for kids. And then they spend a lot of time on a (laughs) Krispy Kremes donut. So I would love for them I would love for them to wink at parents but but know who their audience is. Uh, Mm -hmm. And whether you want to age them up or age them down, just make it feel like it's in that world. Because this movie felt somewhere between Michael Bay's Transformers and, like, a miniseries. Like, it just didn't get its solid footing there.
0: Yeah. And I think they had some really cool ideas. And like I said, there was a lot of stuff that they took out. Um, there was a whole subplot that was missing from the movie about Jason and the Power Sword. And essentially, the Power Sword was, like, Excalibur. Like, it would only choose the leader if it was chosen. So the moment when it finally came out... They're supposed to be this big triumphant, like, now he's a leader. But they took all of that out, so when he pulls the sword out, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's and then, like, sword. when he turns... And that <laughs> he gives sword is always access an you're like, yeah. Why does it matter? Like, what are you giving the sword back for? What's so important about the sword? But there's a whole plotline about the sword. Um, but there was so much that they just... I don't know. I feel like maybe it was the poor editing at the end, the fact that he wanted to make a very different movie. I don't know what it was, but... It didn't know its audience and it would have definitely shined in the sequel if having them be the Rangers from moment one and then going that way.
1: A hundred percent. And if you guys want to know, guys and gals out there, if you want to know what like a good um, Power Rangers movie could be, basically the first Pacific Rim movie. Like, they didn't have fights outside of the bots, but all of that stuff where we're seeing cockpit shots, that's Power Rangers. I mean, you know what I mean? And we didn't, we got all of that stuff very sparingly. That should be the movie. The movie should open with all of them in their cockpits being like, man, I'm super bored. What are we going to do? And it's like, we have to patrol. Zordon said we have to stay here. Nah, let's get out of here. Like, all of that fun we didn't get any of that stuff we got bullying and Krispy Kreme donuts and small town life and Oregon and it was like I I, again I like the Power Ranger world let's find one angle of it and really explore it to its fullest
0: yeah but I think on that note that was our our 10 films that we think that should have gotten a sequel and um maybe in a sense that if they don't get a sequel, maybe just a complete rehashing uh, just with the same ideas and the same script, but just do it better because of better technology. I don't know. But um, again, as
1: we, and as we prepared for this list, I have, it's so funny that you were right, that we could do more when he said, we could do more. I was like, no way. And I've already written down like four more movies I'd like to see, Um, (laughs) but some honorable mentions, you know, if this was a year ago, I would have Willow too. What I would have wanted another Willow movie. We're now getting a mini series. Um, uh, there is a number of Jet Li movies that I would, he's got a great movie where he's a dog, where he like fights. He like is breaking his programming. I'd love to see that guy go break other people's programming and go to other underground fight rings and be like, you don't have to be a dog anymore. <laughs> bah! I'd love to see that um <laughs>
0: i think just your pitch of explaining what that is um i, I think people are thinking you're actually talking about a dog when we we're talking about the movie unleashed with Morgan oh Freeman, it's called
1: unleashed no the second movie he, is called dog
0: no we're in unleashed uh they call him dog but he's basically just a manslave like it's not even like he's not a physical dog <laughs>
1: he has to fight he fights for the guy from uh he fights for the the british guy from Roger Rabbit he's like you're my dog bob hopkins yeah bob hopkins he's like you got to fight out there that movie is so I feel weird like
0: that movie when we saw that in theaters i remember we saw that in theaters the first time in high school and i came out of that movie i'm like man bob hopkins would be such a great penguin and like yeah. i was just my mind was like he reminded me of like the early 2000s gangster penguin and I was like, that—that's what I want in a Batman movie. I want Bob Hoskins from Unleashed just dropped into another movie. Uh, uh,
1: Kung Fu Hustle Two was announced today, so we're gonna get a follow-up to that movie. That's a great movie, uh, a movie that I didn't pitch for this list because I don't think it needs to exist. But I'm gonna let you know that there is something in the social zeitgeist. Like, I think Goonies Two might start <laughs> getting talked about now that what's his name has returned to acting from uh, the guy who came back and now that everything oh. uh, that movie's coming back. Listen, your two mains of that movie have become huge celebrities. Uh, you now have a third one. I feel that there is Goonies vibes in the air right now. And I don't know where those are coming from, but I feel like if those people are in acting again, their kids got to go on an adventure and I don't know where the adventure goes, but it goes somewhere.
0: Yep. I mean, I mean, And I would just like to see Josh Brolin in a family movie and not being Thanos or like a gruff cowboy like he is in the Outer Range, which is an amazing show, by the way. If you haven't watched it, it's weird. It's like Twin Peaks and Yellowstone had a baby.
1: Yeah, I'm totally down for that. He's so gruff. I would love to see him be silly again. I'd love to see those characters in a new place. Listen, they're they're, they're not being foreclosed on. They all moved to a nice place. They all are still friends. And let's see another pirate adventure. Man, that movie's good. Man, that movie's so so fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so good but um yeah so I, let's bring it up to like the, the comments here let's see anyone wants to throw something in we'll definitely bring some stuff up if not we can just kind of wrap it up Um, yeah. but I definitely um I had a few others that I wanted to talk about like Real Steel with Hugh Jackman was a sure. fun movie Um, it's getting a sequel now Um, so uh, I've heard some things about the sequel that apparently I'm not allowed to share because he told me about it and was like wait if you're doing a show about it don't talk about this so,
1: don't talk I'm about excited it. for it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Keep it secret. Yep. Keep it safe.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's I don't know. There's so many that uh, we just definitely loved. Um, but it seems like the comments are a lot of just talking about what we already talked about and nothing, uh, nothing new. So let's uh, let's head there. Let's um let's wrap it up. Um, just want to say thank you to everyone who joined us today and for uh, indulged us as we geeked out about ten movies that we loved and. Uh and I argued with Michael about why I love them and if he doesn't. <laughs> and then um thank you everyone. Uh you can support our channel on Patreon, uh patreon.com slash the cultured nerd. Um since our last show into this one, we gained a handful of new supporters. Um, so we're we'll throw them up here. Um we went from on our first show having like three supporters to like nine now. So thank you everyone for helping us do what we're doing. Um we're now. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time. We are now officially breaking even, so we can now get uh, fun with the, like now that we've paid for everything, we can now uh, expand and get better at things. So <laughs> thank you everyone for supporting us. Um, Taylor and has then, also uh, done finally...
1: some. Re- Taylor did some research for us. The After Dark Show. It, we are officially making yes. it a Patreon only show.
0: Yes. Uh, we discovered uh, for the. Yeah. Other way the podcast after dark show that we want to do where we just basically unfiltered, uncensored, and just talking all the stuff that we want to talk. Um, there is no way to have a show that's uh, unlisted and unshareable, but only set for subscribers on all these platforms. They just won't allow it. It's like some weird little detail. So um since they won't let us do what we want to do with it. Uh, we'll just uh, do it as a Patreon show and just give it to our supporters that way. So we are going to record some shows for this. We're going to, Ah, uh, be unfiltered and ridiculous, and lots of swearing, lots of lots of jokes that are just very crass and terrible. And we will do that there. And if you want to support us and listen to it, and if you hate us, then you can, unsu- you can unsupport us. But um, it's going to be a, a lot of fun just having us talk about all the horrible things that are in our heads that we have to filter for these shows. Um, but thank you again for joining us. Uh, you can, if you're on the TV, you can scan that QR code, find our support link, and just enjoy everything that we do. Uh, Thank you again, everyone.
1: Thank you, everybody, for your movie ideas.
2: We'll see you very soon. Adios, guys.